0: You are listening to the Soul Source podcast. I'm your host Raquel Amell, and Soul Source exists here to share the stories that are shaping our world today. We're going straight to the source of the information to give you insights on topics, show you what's being done about them, and show you how you can help to make a difference. So buckle up, Soul Source Society, because we're just getting started.
1: The coronavirus pandemic has brought to light a lot of things, you know, in our supply chain that might permanently change.
0: Hello, everyone. I am Raquel Lamel. Thank you for listening to Soul Source. And if you're tuning in this week, know that we're celebrating Dairy Month here on the show. June, that's Dairy Month. And in Wisconsin, we're the Dairy State. So it's a perfect topic for right now. Soul Source is hosted here in Wisconsin as well, making it an even better topic. And last week, we did talk to. Um, Amy Eckelberg from the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation. We were talking to her about the impact COVID-19 has had on the dairy farming industry and kind of what the state of our dairy industry is right now, not only in Wisconsin, but across the United States. And she's back with me this week. We're talking a little bit more about what farmers are doing to get creative and kind of how they're they're thinking outside the box right now, and how they're also adjusting to the new demands put on them as a result of COVID nineteen, and how the the culture and and the way that we consume food is changing. Amy, welcome back. Thank you. I I am gonna dive right in here because I mentioned that you work with the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation. What is your role there? What exactly is the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? And what do you do?
1: I am the executive director of public relations for Wisconsin Farm Bureau. And first of all, what Wisconsin Farm Bureau is, um, I guess what we are not, is we're not part of the the government. And a lot of times people hear bureau and assume that we're associated with them. And and we're not. Uh, We are a membership organization. And so farmers, Pay a membership fee to be part of our organization and we represent them in a lot of different facets in my side is communication but we also have a membership department um, a government relations department and then also just operations department that helps them with their their money portion so you know there's a lot of different things that we offer to our members but long story short uh, the coolest part about what we do is we represent farmers of all different types so we have Large farms, small farms, cranberry farmers, potato growers, dairy farmers, beef farmers, we, we try to help everyone. And I think that's something, at least from my perspective, that's really cool that we really try to bring everyone together in agriculture to try to have one voice.
0: Yeah, and you get to really be that voice for the farmer. So that that's cool to hear all those different stories and, and really be able to advocate on their behalf.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And uh one of my favorite experiences I've had is I've I've got to go in a cranberry bog before, which for a dairy girl um sounds weird but it was a dream come true. I felt like I was in one of those ocean spray commercials.
0: Hey, that's that's not crazy at all. I've wanted to go see a cranberry farm myself. I think it would just be really neat to see, you know, the concept of Berries that grow in in a bog in the water to me is just crazy. So I would love to go see that in person.
1: Well, this fall, they definitely have farm tours, so you should check it out.
0: (laughs) So, you know, working so closely with farmers, then um, you understand the importance of educating the public, educating people and in what farming is and what these farmers do. Um, That's part of the goal here with Dairy Month. So in your opinion, why is it so important to recognize and bring attention to Wisconsin dairy farmers here in June during Dairy Month?
1: I, I like talking about dairy all year round, but June is our month that we get to really celebrate and bring a lot of attention to it. Uh, just in Wisconsin, dairy um, is a $45.6 billion um, economic driver. So it's it's a big deal. Uh, you know, we're America's dairyland for a reason, and I definitely think that's something that we can celebrate. Um, most of the time, you see a lot of dairy breakfasts happening during this time of year. And I think that it is just the coolest thing to watch these events where people can come out to a farm that normally don't get to be on a farm and interact with animals and the farmers and have just a really good breakfast because I've never had a really bad breakfast at a June dairy breakfast. (laughs) Um, Most of the time there's ice cream for breakfast, which is probably my favorite part. And so, you know, these events are really designed to try to bring the farmers and the folks that don't get to interact with the farm very often together. And so with the coronavirus and the situation we're in, many of these events had to be canceled and rightfully so, it's the safe thing to do, but, I think a lot of people are going to miss that interaction this year. It's something that we definitely look forward to. And um, a lot of people had to get innovative to try to keep celebrating
0: June Dairy Month. That that innovation, I am interested in that because what are some of the things that you're hearing that farmers are doing? How are they, you know, because Breakfast on the Farm is, is what the event you're talking about is called. And it is such a such a big deal. I mean, it draws like thousands of people and it's huge. And there's usually, you know, the breakfast, but then you get to tour the farm and there's usually some kind of events or games or, or things going on at the farm. And it's really a, like a family immersive experience for people. And so to have that pull, that is that is very hard to, to cope and deal with. What are some of the ways that farmers are kind of getting creative in ways to continue to educate people and, and show them what farm life is like, but still adhering with everything going on with COVID-19 and social distancing?
1: Yeah, I've heard of a lot of interesting ideas happening. And I think it's, you know, you get in your groove every year of doing something, you know, you're kind of, well, this is working. Should we really change it? And I think a positive of what the situation is bringing is a lot of people trying new things that they might not have tried before. One event that uh, around the Capitol Uh, always happens the first weekend in June is called Cows on the Concourse. And so there's a group of people who bring cows to the Capitol Square during the farmer's market and let people ask questions and interact and talk about dairy. And so they're doing that all virtual this year. So they have live farm tours happening on their Facebook page. And they're still doing a lot of their work that they would do. A lot of those efforts are still happening just in a virtual way. We do know of some drive-through dairy events happening. I don't have specifics on those, but I do know at least a couple places in the state that are doing drive-through. I don't know if you call them breakfasts, but some kind of um, dairy event where you can drive through and, and pick up dairy products and do some kind of process and still take a kind of a tour within your vehicle of a farm. And so that's pretty cool to hear as well. You know, we have tons and tons of people who are working with their communities to do donations uh, for Dairy Month, which is also a great thing. It kind of brings everything full circle where, you know, you talk about how the products were made and how they started on the farm with fresh milk and how they're ending up um, and doing a really good thing by being donated to a local pantry or food bank. And so people are being challenged this year to come up with some innovative ways of how they can still make that connection and talk about what they're doing. But it's it's all still good stuff and it's all still a celebration to talk about our dairy industry in the state and just how critical it is to Us here in Wisconsin.
0: And I mean, you know, better than most, right? Like farmers, I feel like, I feel like the job would be innovation almost every year on some level, because when like, you know, your mother nature, right? Like things can change all the time. You never know what's going to happen from time to time. You're always trying to, to innovate and, and find ways to, to be productive. So this is just like taking that a step further.
1: Absolutely. Farmers in general are very innovative people. I think that that might be a misconception that people have. But when you think about technology, you should be thinking about farmers. Uh, We have some really cool technology uh, within the dairy industry that people are using, whether it's robotic milking systems or, you know, quote unquote, Fitbits for cows, where they can track their temperature and um, their health statistics. Um, There's tons of technology out there that farmers are using. And so this is just kind of taking that innovation, innovation, uh, thinking mindset and applying it to to June Dairy Month.
0: It's it's so cool. And it really is a science. Farming is a lot more science. As I talk to you, that's what I seem to learn. And so, you know, that science is changing, things are changing. And a, a lot of industries talk about a before COVID-19 and an after COVID-19. And so do you think that that applies here for farming as well? Is there a before and an after way of doing things and, and functioning? I definitely think that uh,
1: the Corona pandemic has brought to light a lot of things, you know, in our supply chain that might permanently change. On the farm side, you know, farmers are are kind of isolated already. They're kind of doing their thing. I think that if anything, it's going to really bring to light the relationship that people want to have with their farmers. You know, it really put a spotlight on our, our supply chain. And our supply chain is very secure and it's very safe. But I think people are really missing, you know, they want to help farmers and they want to know who their farmers are. And so I think that we're just going to see a more, you know, more attention given to that, where people are going to hopefully be reaching out and connecting to their area farmers to try to support them in any way that they can. So if anything, I think it's just going to enhance that, you know, we're trying to do that before the coronavirus. And I think that'll just continue.
0: That's a that's a great change that connection piece, but you know even more than that, there's been some additional changes, just you know to that supply chain a little bit, and you know one of the biggest ones that comes to mind for me is the schools. You know that's about three months that the schools closed down and, and farmers lost the supply of dairy of milk to students. Um, that's a huge impact on the dairy industry. But what other changes are happening at the consumer level right now that are impacting farmers and And in turn, the whole process of processors and suppliers and all those other people that are part of that, that chain of getting food to a consumer.
1: Well, we definitely have seen a lot of attention given to that. You know, we talked a little bit last week about how processing plants have to take more precautions now. You know, they were, they were still doing cleaning and they were doing all of these um, processes as part of their workload. But now they're doing even more work on that and extensive, which is causing them sometimes to have to cut a shift, which is limiting how much product they can put through. You know, we're just seeing a big change in how people eat and what they're eating. You know, we talked about the the restaurants and the schools. You know, schools consume a lot of fluid milk, um, a lot of times in you know small little plastic jugs or cardboard containers. It's not gallons of milk um, and cups like people are now buying, you know, so we're just seeing how people consume food differently. And it's going to take us a while to adjust to that because you just can't change over these processing plants that have been, you know, there's been a lot of money put in to them to make a certain type of product. And without knowing what we're going to settle on or what the new normal is going to be, it's going to be really Mm -hmm. hard to uh, designate all of that change to happen before we really can wrap our arms around that.
0: Yeah. And, you know, part of part of the change, you know, there there was a video out there. People did see um, some farmers and I don't know if it was around here or not, but some farmers, you know, in the case of dairy having to dump milk. Do you know how common that was? And is that even happening still today?
1: We did have farmers that had to dispose of their milk, which was a really devastating thing. We know that we don't have a shortage of food. And so to have plenty of food, but not to be able to get it through the supply chain is a really frustrating thing. And it's frustrating for everyone in the supply chain. And I I guess I just really want to emphasize that, that that everyone doesn't want to waste product it takes a lot of hard work to make food whether that's milk uh meat vegetables fruits um i think anyone who's ever tried to grow a garden and i say try because that's me they can realize just how hard it is to to produce food and be good at it and so anytime you have to waste that product um that's not something you feel good about and that's not something we want to we want to be doing What was happening when it came to disposing of milk is that, again, we were just getting bottlenecked in the supply chain and we were having a lot of changes happening all at once. 90% of our milk in Wisconsin goes to cheese. And so, you know, again, when you have a cheese plant, you can't just switch that overnight to going into fluid milk and changing what a consumer wants. So, uh, we did have some farmers that were asked to dispose of their milk. You know, we we do know that it was happening in the state. To what extent, we don't know. Um, we know some parts of the state were, were asked to do that more than others. Some cooperatives and some dairy um, businesses take milk from farmers, also just ask them to reduce how much milk they were they were giving to them, uh, which is also something that was really tough news for farmers who are trying to give more milk so they can get more money. You know, that was something that was really hard for them to hear too, that they couldn't take all of the milk that they were producing um, and they had to find ways to cut their production. So right now, I personally don't know of milk being disposed of. Is it still happening from time to time? It could be because we're still very much in the midst of working through the supply chain and trying to allocate what this new quote unquote normal is. And, uh, well, you know, we've seen that on the meat side too. You know we have a lot of uh, meat processors that are are very backed up right now because we we keep producing food that's not going to stop, and so we need to keep that supply chain moving to the best of our ability. And everyone in the egg community is doing their best
0: to to make that happen. Yeah, and I mean to that point with milk, I just think of like cows. They don't they don't stop. Like you can't tell the cow stop making milk. I can't milk you right now.
1: Yeah, you definitely can't. They don't listen so well.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I and I know too, one of one of the things that was really hard was you know you're, you're dumping the product, and I know that you said you had fielded some calls of people why why are you dumping product? People are standing in food lines. They want food. Why can't farmers bring them food? Why can't farmers put the food there instead of dumping it? There's a whole process and science to that. Can you explain that to me a little bit?
1: Yeah, it's you know it's not just picking up the milk at the farm and taking it to where it needs to go. There's a, there's a process that it has to go through. So, you know, the milk, tanker picks it up at the farm and takes it to the processing plant. You know, it needs to be pasteurized. It needs to go to the process. It needs to be put into gallon jugs. The system's a little weird. Farmers get paid for their milk in per hundred pounds, which is strange because the consumer buys it in gallons. You know, you can't just take a massive tanker with hundreds of pounds of milk and uh, drop it off at a food bank. Uh, That's just not how it works. And so, you know we still have to have it go through that processing system which is where that bottlenecking was happening in order to get it you know safely to the people who need it and so we did have a lot of people step up and, and make that happen, whether it was extra shifts or donating certain things to make that happen. Money, time, just directing people to, to do that right thing. But at the end of the day, there still is a surplus. And so we're doing our best to try to get those to people. And we have a lot of great partnerships on the state level of trying to field that milk to the people who need it and getting it through that process. But it's not as easy as just taking that tanker full of milk and dumping it off at the food bank. We just, we can't do that.
0: And I do, I have noticed, I mean, going into the grocery store, things seem to be, I mean, outside of the cleaning products, <laughs> things seem to be getting a little bit more back to normal, at least with the food. I mean, shelves are starting to look a little bit more, you know, full and and just the way that, that they kind of used to. Are you seeing that kind of, what, what do things look like today for farmers?
1: So as I mentioned, we're very much still just absorbing what, what situation we're in. We're trying to get things, um, through the supply chain. And I think everyone have has kind of just settled on where we're at right now. Um, you know, we still have some issues when it comes to the meat processing portion. We're seeing a lot of people who are local meat processors are, are backed up quite a bit. Some people can't get in animals for processing within even the next couple months. And so everyone's trying to work on that. Reallocating, you know, maybe you, normally go to this place, but another place can get you in. Um, so I definitely think that we will continue working on that. But I mean, for the time being, I think from a shopper standpoint, you know, maybe your favorite product is won't be available, but you know, a great alternative is. But like you said, the last time I was at the store, I I very much had all of the options that I had wanted. And again, I, I hope that the situation brings to light just how thankful we can be for that. Because to have as many options as we have at the grocery store, I think is something that we have taken for granted. And I say that for myself too, to have 16 options of, you know, a certain kind of cracker. I mean, that's just crazy. You know, we, we have a lot of options and we should be thankful for that.
0: Yeah, we, we do. You can go in and there's, there's so many options to choose from. And it is, it's, if you can't find it from the provider that you're looking for, you can always find it from somebody else. Um, and we talked about how a consumer, you know, can help out a farmer last week a little bit. I want to ask you a little bit about the, the lawmakers because they're the ones that can really change laws and, 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 and make things different. For farmers in one way or another. Are there certain things that um, you think lawmakers could do to help farmers even more right now? I know there's been a few relief packages that have been out there.
1: Yeah, so we did get some really great news. Um, the CARES Act money that came from the federal government, um, the governor, Governor Evers did allocate $50 million to direct payments for farmers and then gave an additional $15 million And again, trying to get some of that product through the supply chain and to food banks and pantries of people who need it. So we we have seen some work happen on the state level, which is really exciting. Agriculture is a big piece of our state and what drives our economy. And so if we can get those farmers, you know, at least getting them to cash flow into better times, that's really important. I think when farmers are doing well, the rest of the economy does does well. And so if we can keep that portion stable, it's a good thing. Um, Wisconsin Farm Bureau, we always try to advocate for our members to the best of our ability. But at the end of the day, the best thing that happens is us encouraging our members to talk for themselves. And so I guess that's the biggest thing. The biggest message is, you know, make sure that you have some good relationships with your representatives, your, your people who are your leaders in Madison and out in Washington, DC, you know, be sure that you are making connections and and be touching base with them so that they know what it's like at the farm level. That's important. I don't think there's ever been a more important time uh, to have a relationship with them and, and then expressing the hardships that you're facing. And so that's what we really tell our members is to make sure that they're reaching out and having that conversation and making sure that those people who are making decisions on their behalf know what your situation is because that will only help them make better decisions.
0: Because, I mean, and, and this goes with just about everything across the board, but if people aren't living what you're living, they they can't fully understand what's going on. They don't know. And so, I mean, you, when you talk about farmers advocating for themselves, I know it can be hard. I know they're working long days, but it really is an important thing.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, we've taken our members, you know, we kind of show them ropes as far as the process that you go through to to do visits or, you know, how to make a phone call or email to the representatives and the people who um, make decisions for us, they, they need to hear from you and they want to hear from you. Uh, we've heard many times from our folks, both in state and who represent us on the national level, they want to hear from people. That's how they stay connected. So never underestimate the power of a phone call or an email to your representatives.
0: And it's not all on the farmers. I mean, all of us, in light of going to the grocery store and, and buying things we want and supporting those state farmers and local farmers, we can do even more. I know you have a special organization and you wanted to share that with us today. Um, Tell me what the Wisconsin Food and Farm Support Fund is and how it is making a difference for our dairy farmers here in Wisconsin.
1: So we uh, partnered with Rural Mutual Insurance, Wisconsin Farm Bureau and Rural Mutual have come together and we created this fund. And basically, it's just it's supposed to help Wisconsinites. And so rural is really taking uh, the lead on the uh, getting food to people who need it. That ultimately helps farmers, too, because it keeps the products moving through the supply chain. Uh, but they're working with the the organization called Feeding Wisconsin, which is kind of the food distributor for the food banks in the state, and also working with the Department of Ag Trade and Consumer Protection, uh, specifically on the dairy side, to see how we can get some of those dairy products uh, moving through the system. Uh, Wisconsin Farm Bureau, uh, our side of the fund, is helping um, Harvest of Hope, which is a really unique Nonprofit that's based out of Madison, but it helps farmers throughout the entire state. And what they do is they give grants to farmers that they don't have to pay back, but they're for emergency needs. Um, You know, say, a farmer just has. You know something came up and they have bills to pay they give them grants to help them through a rough time so prior to the coronavirus it was really you know if you had a barn fire or had a medical situation and now we've really seen a, a change um and people reaching out to them for grants to help them through uh, the times we're in right now so if you just google the wisconsin food and farm support fund um, you'll find a website and on there you can make an online donation And if not, you know, at the very least, look at how you can help your local food banks or pantries um, by donating product. It is important, just a side note, if you are going to donate refrigerated items to make sure that they can accept those um, and have the capacity to do those. But definitely a great way to celebrate June Dairy Month by donating some dairy products to those who need it. So definitely a lot of options in order to do that.
0: Thank you, Amy, and I am going to make sure that we have that link available for our listeners. It'll be in the description of this podcast, so if you want to donate to that fund, you can find it there, and Amy, I I can't thank you enough. Thank you for being on the show and and helping us celebrate Dairy Month here a little bit on Soul Source.
1: Thanks for having me. Happy June Dairy Month.
0: Thank you for listening to Soul Source. And if you want to get more Soul Source, you can always find us on just about every platform podcasts are hosted on, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. If there's something you want us to talk about or discover more, we can do that too. We have a Facebook group, it's called the Soul Source Society. Head on over there, join the group, and share your thoughts with us. We have exclusive content that we only share there. That's Soul Source Society on Facebook. We hope to see you there. SoulSource is brought to you by Red Shoes, Inc., a leading agency specializing in crisis and strategic communications, media relations, social media, and so much more. To learn more about Red Shoes or SoulSource, visit us at redshoesinc.com.